The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to the morning sickness. It is Wednesday. It's five forty-five. My name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett. Big Dick Toledo's here. Perfect morning has begun. Let's do this together, shall we? Uh, just listening to Burton in my hand there, Soundgarden. And uh, we talked about this in the office just a second ago, but I remember I was on uh, the US 60 uh, and crossing Dobson Road. Uh, I missed the exit. I remember missing the exit because that song was on because I had uh, down on the upside in my CD player in my Jeep back in the day, riding down the road, listening to that thing, thinking... This might be the best song I've ever heard in my life. Just member berries right there in a huge wave. Songs that take you to a place, that one is it. I just remember thinking, I remember wanting to run to my friends who were into music at the time, screaming, oh my God, this new Soundgarden stuff's ridiculous. But yeah, that one, that'll move you right there. It's weird how music does that. It'll take you right to a spot in your life. And I can see it. Like I can feel the temperature. I can see the day. US 60, driving past stops, I'm like, damn it. Because then you had to go all the way around. I'm not even sure if the 101 was a thing yet. I don't think it was in 96. So. It wasn't there yet. So you had to go all the way up to Price and cut back around. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. Stupid Soundgarden. They owe me a few dollars worth of gas. But, yeah, I remember that. That's a big one. And we were talking about that on the uh, before the show started about member berries and movies and things. Brett asked if I'd seen Air yet, and Brady and I have both seen it. I watched it this weekend. And uh, everybody's recommendation is right. It's a good movie. But, man, is it heavy nostalgia. And that's the key to making a good movie now. Uh, like a blockbuster movie doesn't have to be very good. It just has to get you back to Dobson and the U.S. 60. It has to take people back to a spot because it's not about the story anymore. It's about how we feel. We're so self-absorbed that if a movie doesn't take us to a place with uh, memories and songs and like a clip or a, like you said, and it's a good point, like the posters in the room and air. Yeah. When you see the old posters. The Supreme Court. See, the, oh, the, the Moses Malone poster. The I remember Iceman. The, the posters that used to be uh, basketball that I, I loved. Dr. Duncanstein. Just pictures of the like big baseball cards. They yep. were just pictures of the guy with a white border and simple black writing, you know, Larry Bird. And it didn't say anything. Converse, I think, put those out. And they were just 
one after another, just the basics. I loved those. And they had those up on the wall in the movie. I'm like, oh, I had that. And it's member berries. It's just <laughs> everything about it is trying to make you remember when you were carefree and, and you know, a kid and everything else when there were no responsibilities. Yeah. It's, it's midlife crisis movies is what it is. It's guys sitting back going, I remember when things were better. And well, it's funny because the movie production company, the director, and all those people will will catch nothing but guff and heat if they're incorrect, like on the time pieces. Because right. I think you said your dad used to do it, but no, with guns. My during dad was yeah, terrible. guns in in westerns. Oh, they uh, have historians come in and make sure yeah. you know, like on Tombstone. Um. Actually met the guy that did, and he says yeah. it is amazing. Oh, it's he incredible. Gives a, that Colt wasn't during that time period. Well, my dad knew that. He knew what the gun could do. He's like, hey, he's shooting at him with a blah blah blah. It wouldn't Saddles. reach him. Couldn't get to him. Like he he know what would that thing would just barely knock a guy down from that distance. And I'm like, Jesus, just watch the movie. Uh, and it's not like I get picky about stuff like that. If, you know, like I don't know if Air had. I'm pretty sure they, that Ben Affleck directed. I'm pretty sure he stayed true to the time. I just think it was like every chance they could. They played another 80s pop song that made you go, oh, I've heard this in forever. That movie, I don't know that movie. Boy, that's right. That was in the 80s. I don't know that that movie <laughs> resonates too much with people under the age of 35. I, it, it is so heavily targeted for people who lived through that. Like, it is a, it's almost a documentary slash entertainment thing. Jordan. Well, Jordan's 30. not in it. Like, he's, he's just stands his backs in it. That's but it. I'm talking about even under 35. A little bit, no. What's that? Under thirty five, you're not getting. You're getting some. You're oh, really yeah. young when uh, you didn't see Jordan. You weren't paying attention. Jordan wasn't in his prime. Yeah. Like, you were. You were four if you understood it at all. And that was when he was coming out of the. Uh, I mean, thirty five is not true. That, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you 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 were coming into your memory right about the time he was playing baseball. So yeah, I, it's weird. It's a. It's a. I liked it. It's good, but it wasn't. Like everybody yeah, liked flipping it. the f out of it. It's the same thing as Top Gun Maverick, which I finally saw, and I'm like, all right. This is fun. It's entertaining. All this is is just for people who love fast planes. It's it's Fast and the Furious in the air. Only, oh. only. Oh, it, come on, don't it wreck was. it. It's exactly it. that, except for it's got nostalgia in it. So the people who remember Top Gun are like, oh, yeah, the, the piano bar scene. They just they killed Goose and let his son do it. And why it hits even, you know, the sense that you saw the original Top Gun. Now it's, yeah. hey, the old guy still has it. <laughs> There's a ton of that. And I wonder if, if you're a, a kid that. that didn't really watch the original Top Gun, if you can go into Top Gun 2 and go, all right, this is a great movie. You yeah. know, like if it if it holds its own. Bites, I think it's you simple. Know. I think the simplicity of like banging into stuff and fighting an enemy. I think everybody yeah. kind of digs that. And it's just fast and it's, it's fast and furious. You're thinking about that generation thinks fast and furious is worth spending money on. At least there's not 10 of them. Though. Yeah. There's not 10 right. Top Guns. There would be. Yet. There would be. And there probably will be. Probably. Now. Tom will retire and hand it off. But yeah. Nostalgia movies to me are kind of lazy and point to the fact that they realize that most of the United States isn't currently happy with the way things are. So let's take them back. And, you know, that's been true of everything except for it seemed like to my dad's generation, every movie that took you back took you back to Vietnam. Like everything, everything was about let's go back and visit how you felt during Vietnam. When this you were like, action. Yeah, oh, they were all horrifying Vietnam movies. And, and then you think about the World War, you know, like the... Longest Day and oh, all those nostalgia movies. Yeah, though. the war movies were big, but they, you know, the nostalgia was different then. We have so much stuff to choose from, and when it comes to the eighties, 
the house was that was the first time like that's for us and us only not microwaves video games you know the weird uh, the weird bedroom stuff the the look of the 80s is we grew up in a time where our look was different than any other time the 80s was weird. Every flashback to the 80s is like, what were we thinking? We're dressed like space people. We love neon. neon. Colors, Everything yeah. was neon. Swatch watches. We <laughs> lost our minds for about seven years and then just like, okay, let's calm down again. And again, thanks to grunge, we lost our we lost our ever-loving minds in the 80s as far as what music and looks of things and hair. And grunge came along and said, all right, we're not this. We're, whatever's going on here isn't real. And then it got too depressing and dark, but it went too far the other way. But, yeah, nostalgia is a weird thing because it plays with you. Because, again, that Soundgarden song we just played, there I am. In in the worst version Jeep ever had, the square headlights of the 1994 Jeep, which those were pieces of garbage. And I'm cruising down to 60, just barely getting through because it had the worst engine ever, too. I think a 180-horsepower engine. It was the worst thing ever. I don't know why I bought that. I just like the idea of having another jeep it's garbage but i had a good sound system in it and soundgarden was on it and i missed my exit yeah nostalgia it can play with you because it can make you think things were always great back then and they weren't that wasn't a a time when if you lived through it you'd be like man it wasn't that great it was okay but i mean things were just as at least we held those russians back yeah we got rid of the russians <laughs> And every movie, Rocky. Every, Four, Red Dawn. Yes. Uh, we played know, on our powers. On, yeah. We were patriotic. It was a little bit different, but the we were a little bit blind. The economy was pretty, uh, you know, at least felt that way. Well, you were doing good, just like now. Yeah. If you're doing good, you think the economy yep. is good. You think back well, on times the, being uh, great. And then the, the Reagan error and all that. Sure. But there was a lot of people who were miserable through that time. We had our Star Wars. We had a lot of fun stuff going on, but... You know, it was always something. It was always something. The difference is now, at least we could understand what was going on then. Now now you're just worried about saying the wrong things. That's where we're really nostalgia. Oh, the it's, movies. Oh, it was, you know, watching. Look, somebody, I forget who it was, said, you can't go back and watch Entourage. Oh, it was the chat GPT. Yeah. You can't go back and watch Entourage now. And I hated Entourage. I thought it was the stupidest, like, least likable characters in television history. And I watched every episode. Because I'm like, how are people liking this? This is like, these people hate the average human being. Like, they are awful, smug, piles of garbage that no one would like in real life. And why is this resonating with people? And it was because there was boobs and rape. Constantly raping women in that, that like, just treating women. For me to say it. And if you watch that again, that thing holds up. It might as well just be a snuff film because it, it like showing it to people today, like people liked this. It is so completely out of touch with how, how you're supposed to behave. And in a way, that's its draw now. Like if you go back and watch the very first episode, it is it it, it, it is just the most misogynistic thing ever. And it's welcome in my world because it's like thing. finally. I never watched it. But when you watched it initially, like people were like, I read funny. And I'm like, man, the stuff they're doing in there. These guys would not be your friends. You'd be you'd be in a police office every few days. Going, I'm sorry, I didn't know she was. I, I, like I, she's she called this a rape. She's pregnant. I didn't understand. We have to get rid of this. They were just abhorrent. And in the back, you're like, wow, that's what Mark Wahlberg went through, right? And then it's supposed to be based in truth. Right. Mark Wahlberg should be in jail for all the people they rape in that. And all the women that and and the, again, then a few years later, just fast forward a few years later, and it's like Hollywood's got a problem with the casting couch. We were just celebrating that with Entourage. 
up until the movie came out in like 2015, 16. Like we loved every second of it. And then suddenly it was like a terrible thing. But Entourage is all about how Hollywood's like, hey, if you don't bang the right people, you're not getting in anything. You're not going to do any movies. And he would flat out say it. You know, if you do me, I'm a director. I can help you get this. I'm a producer. And the girls were all in. Downstairs, our, our sales girl, Jen, her sister was naked in that show, uh, Entourage, once. Because yeah. so if, if you were a woman and you were in it, you were naked. So that's how much times have just swung. So that's why we love movies like Air. It's like, oh, that takes me back to a time when I wasn't so uptight and tense about everything. Because now you can't even say nice dress to a lady. The next thing you know, you're in an HR room going, oh, hold on a second. I told her she looked nice. Well, that's there's no place for that in the work work environment. I'm like, oh, all right. Does she have to show her cans every day? Well, you don't have to look at them. All right, this is hard. This is a harder. <laughs> Maybe air is right. Maybe it was a better time. I could look at a set of cans and not risk jail time, for God's sake. Anyway, good luck out there, everybody. Arizona's most funniest morning show. Yeah, exactly. Morning sickness. I'm listening because I want to. Morning KUPD. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's morning sickness. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, well, speak. And there's this guy that emailed or wrote a letter to Brady a few months ago. Doesn't listen anymore because I'm too mean to Trump, which I thought was hilarious. He's like, I wish John would see the Trump doctrine for what it is. Loves Brady and his Christian views and his moral and standing up for the Lord Jesus. And uh, it liked me at first, but then got tired of me because I'm not on board. You understand the Trump doctrine? I'm not a Trump doctrine guy. Unbelievable. I like Donald. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's fit for, like, crazy leadership. But this, this uh, I didn't realize how up in arms everybody was going to be over the PGA uh, merging with Liv, this Saudi Arabian golf company that bought on a bunch of PGA players about two years ago. Just started throwing hundreds of, literally hundreds of millions of dollars at guys going, you want to come over and play in this new thing? And uh, it, it reminds me of Trump back in the USFL days when he bought Herschel Walker. He bought Reggie White. He bought Doug Flutie. He was – and that USFL lasted a year or two. Um, and Donald Trump started it by saying, hey, you just got to spend a ton of money on the people. We want. Jim Kelly went to the USFL. Think of all the superstars that did not go to the NFL because this other thing was paying better and was putting them in a brighter spotlight and everything. And it had a chance. That's kind of what this was, except for they had even more money. But it was through Saudi Arabia. So everybody's going on and on about, like, Saudi Arabia. Will we watch Saudi Arabia's treatment of women and treatment of people? It gets into that and all that. Well, they merged yesterday. And I'm like, oh, well, that was somewhat surprising. They didn't tell any of the PGA Tour members. when that's supposed to be part of the PGA was that they get to make decisions. And the leadership just said, we're merging. You guys don't even know about it. And a lot of the players were mad that they found out about the merger over the Internet. The only person that saw this coming one year ago, or actually 18 months ago, Donald Trump <laughs> Donald Trump said this. And, I mean, if you can't say that he didn't have a crystal ball, 
said, all these golfers that remain loyal to a disloyal PGA, all in different forms, will pay a huge price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes. And you'll get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are going to make millions of dollars a year. Uh, he put that in July of, la- of 2022, so it was last year. If you don't take the money now, you'll get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. That's all you've got. He, wow. He and everybody said he was an idiot. No, that'll never happen. The PGA is never going to do that to its pl- It's exactly what happened. I mean, Trump smoked this one out of the yard. And when it comes to this is when you have to get on board with Trump. And Chappelle nailed it. When it comes to crooked deals and sideways money, nobody sees it better than him ever, which is why he's appealing to all of us. He's like, well... He will tell us when we're getting screwed. He will. He he recognizes a scam and knows how to play it better than everybody. He doesn't try to stop the scam. I think that's what everybody hates. The people who hate him hate that. He sees a scam and goes, here's how you make money off of that. He sees the scam and instead of saying, that's a scam, he's like, oh, join up with those guys. With the bad guys. Trust me, you're going to regret it if you don't. And he's right. Then I saw a story about how 9-11 families are getting together they're merging and getting angry at the, they're going to boycott the pga and do this and that and I, it's been a while it's like 22 years now since the 9-11 thing and uh i started to wonder after japan bombed us how long after were we still mad at them like we started seems like you know that ended in what 45 46 yeah probably still pissed off so some older guys that were trudging through some Terrible. And D-Day was yesterday. The, so there's probably some guys who went into the 50s pretty angry. We can't be friends with Japan. I know my grandpa wasn't a big fan of uh, Japanese people because of the war. But I don't know that there was any, like, protesting when Honda showed up. You know, when Japanese products started to pop. And maybe there was. I think our grandparents were still like, I ain't buying no Japanese. Yeah, they would do that. You know, I'm yeah. not buying some rice. But they were all American. Yeah. It wasn't so well, that much was, that it was the, Japanese. That, that was a push. Yeah, early 80s, late 70s, where you got to buy American. Yeah, but it was... And we were putting out such a bad product yeah, in the car Garbage, side. but yeah. it wasn't based on those those Japs tried to kill us and we're, you know, that's yeah. our end. It wasn't it was just American-made. So we're still that way with Saudi Arabia, and I think it's because we don't feel like we ever got our revenge. I think with Japan, we got our revenge. I think with all, like, we're, we weren't mad at Vietnam my entire life. Vietnam was a nightmare. Uh, they killed yeah. more Americans, and that was a disaster. But I don't ever remember saying, oh, those Vietnam – never, ever, as a kid growing up, post-Vietnam. Just Vietnamese – and we were mad at the our guys for being over there in the first place. It was just one of the – but I don't think we ever felt like – even this golf thing. Like, it's golf. Who cares? But there – I mean, there were sobbing people. on. They found them easy, sobbing human beings yesterday, talking about how can we partner with Saudi Arabia on – this and that and blah 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 and I'm like, well, you drive a car, you're partnering with Saudi Arabia every day if you pump gas. So a huge part of it. Yeah, I I, that's I, part of it too, though. They know like people. Some people realize they got us kind of by the balls with the, all the oil and stuff. True. What are we gonna do? Well, that's the reason we didn't fight them. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons yeah. we never held them accountable for what happened. Yeah, you guys are right. and almost protect them in a way. Right. We go like, hey, they they may have housed some of these, but these are the real bad guys. And it's like, and we did go after some bad guys, but. Kind of felt like it, we I think it's frustrating because mm-hmm. maybe they have, you know, definitely, if you trace it back, that the money supporting the other people in the Middle East to to fight. But Saudi Arabia always, sure. they're like the... Well, they got booted to the side. Because <laughs> like of, uh, 
because they know. You know, we they, like Brett said, they got us by the balls. Like mm-hmm. you want to, you want to play with us, we can play back, and we can crush you financially if you're interested. Like we don't like when they blink. We like keeping them under wraps because they need us and we need them, and let's keep it there. And we can beat up some nation that doesn't do anything like Afghanistan. But I don't know, like 22 years after the end of World War II, were we still – maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe they were still really pissed off at Japan, and we made deals with Japan, and people get upset. But I don't remember because it had to end pretty fast because when I was a kid, nobody was mad at Japan. We weren't still fighting Japanese people. We weren't. I wasn't told to hate Japanese kids. I wasn't – Sony. Know, Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We <laughs> as a kid. And maybe that's it. Is again, like the oil, Japan, like I said, that atomic bomb that we dropped was a giant reset button for them to be really nice. It was the politeness bomb. Because once, once we put that on them, they made TVs and microwaves and advanced Walkman. And Walkman. They gave us everything. They were like, here, here's a, just never do that again. We're like, yeah. So I feel like we think, I, we feel like we got our stomp back on them. Not like we feel like we got it with the, Saudi Arabians, but this, I mean, people were losing their minds on the news yesterday about this, and it was, it's golf. Yeah. Like, do you really care if Rory McIlroy got his $20 million and Phil Mickelson got his $105 million, or the what they offered Tiger Woods was $800 million just to join the, the Saudi Arabian tour, and he stayed loyal to the PGA? Nobody feels sorry for Tiger Woods as far as money, but $800 million to even Tiger Woods is a lot of money to not take. So, I mean, they asked him, like, no, we're never going to merge. We're gonna, and they, the people that should be mad are the PGA golfers. But it comes back to, like, 9-11 survivors. And, I mean, like, that's the crazy part. It turned into we're mad at Saudi Arabia, but we're real quietly mad at Saudi Arabia. But not real China quiet. as much. Well, that, well, it's the same thing. We got that going. They own us. We own them. Let's not get too crazy. But... We, yeah, we have moments where LeBron will say something, or John Cena does that video apologizing to China for things, and yeah, we definitely sit in the lap of China a lot. But and it's, it's mostly the human rights side of things more than anything. I think that's where nah, they're protesting it's money. Yeah, we don't. Oh care. no, we don't, it's nobody, money. Nobody, really cares about money. nobody really cares about human rights. If you did, you wouldn't have half the things you own. And uh, human, yeah. right, human rights is a nice little flashy, scream it out loud thing because it makes us feel like we're doing something good. But nobody really cares about human rights. At all. Look at the zone downtown. Tell me human rights are in play at all when it's inconvenient. If it starts getting inconvenient, suddenly human rights are like, let's move this. Let's get this out of here. I remember, uh, again, going back to the 80s. In 84 in Los Angeles, the Olympics, uh, they had to do their marathon through the cities of uh, the streets of L.A. And they didn't want one homeless person or any bad graffiti to show on TV because the Russians would see it as a sign of weakness. So they hired all the graffiti artists to paint stuff that they approved of to make it look like the graffiti in our, our cities was all planned and then just pushed all these homeless people into a corner. When I was in Detroit for the Super Bowl, not allowed downtown anymore. If you were downtown and you were panhandling, it was like an extra fine. They were all standing on the freeway. They were allowed to be under the freeway overpasses. And I mean, I, I swear to God, I thought there were parties as we drove into the city. I'm like, they're having parties and the freeway underpass like on the freeway there are fires and like wow. people, like 20 30 people and everyone i'm like this place is exploding for the super bowl and then i saw in the news like well the homeless are at least they're keeping it in line they're behaving that's good if it was the world of twitter you'd have seen a different detroit and they were popping out of woodwork too they were hiding in houses and abandoned buildings and opening doors seeing if you wanted beer it was weird you kind of first saw that 
unraveled. Um, was it in Sochi? Oh yeah. Well, but because we always of, yeah we always make fun of it. Direct posting and stuff like that. Right. They tweet out a picture of their room that's not finished with or, the with the stray dogs running yeah. around and yeah because we had Twitter at that point it was harder to make it look good. It's weird. Yeah, and human rights with the World Cup and all that when they built all those stadiums over there in the Middle East and we got a, it's a weird situation, but it's golf and people were losing their minds. Wintermeyer downstairs was yesterday to was me, he? and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about golf, so <laughs> just, just talk to somebody else. Right. Yeah. It's golf. Like you're talking about really wealthy dudes who who missed out on being incredibly wealthy because their company screwed them. It was just a bad decision someone else made. And we're angry that, like, people were mad yesterday. Like, oh, I was yeah. talking to people, I'm like, you're angry. You're, this has made you upset. Like, goddamn right. I'm like, TV can tell you, you need to calm down. It's okay. Why should I be mad about this? I mean, it, I mean, you guys are golf guys. I don't know. What's, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, if you're a fan of the sport. Right. That's what I'm asking. I'm, like, if it was baseball mm-hmm. and a new baseball league came in, and let's say, you know, Luis Robert of the White Sox gets offered $400 million to leave the White Sox and play somewhere else, and he takes it. Right. And a couple other guys stay loyal to the White Sox, and the White Sox suffer. They're not as good mm. because of it. And then, but they get offered the thing, but they're like, we're going to stay loyal. And you pick a side. If you pick the side, like I'm an MLB guy, yeah. and then suddenly without you know any thought to you, they merge anyway. Here's the other thing, and It's too. like, oh, you dicks, you sided with the bad guys. You never, you, you told us to be loyal. Yeah. And then said, uh, but, well, but we're going to take the money. We're going to take the money. They're taking all this they're getting all this money. Right. The tournaments, they're getting paid better. This new side has come up with some, oh, those are kind of original ideas. Cool ideas. And all of a sudden, your company that you've been loyal to is like, uh. But as a fan? Well, who cares? Like, yeah. The, you that, want but the best golfers. Yeah, right. Who cares? But like, that's I, what I'm saying. Like, because, and, like, you know, you talk about uh, Robert leaving the White Sox because I'm the, a fan of the team. Yeah. But there's no real teams in golf. So, like, your favorite player goes to another turn. But that's kind of deal. what live which creative I don't teams. It, it is. It's it, a different. It's a disaster. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, I, but again, it what it is is they came up with great ideas and as much as they were trying to eliminate that one mm-hmm. because that was the problem. They were like, that's a good idea. They basically said, "All right, we're not going to let it happen. We're going to we're going to buy it." Yeah, but bottom line is, I think it comes down to that we what we really wanted to do was kill a lot more Saudi Arabians, and we never did it, and we're still angry. I, that's the only thing, like to be this angry at Saudi Arabia and act like we've known, like we've been in. Every one of us has participated with Saudi Arabia being kind of the the underlying bad guy. That's like, all right, we get it, Oof, man. You're bad. You've been bad to us. You've been kind of a liar friend. You're kind of a cruddy, but you're a necessary evil. But I think deep I like down, the money. oh, we love when we love the yeah. gas, and we love and we like when they do things that make it. But we don't like when they manipulate our pockets yep. and and well, yeah, I mean they've got tons of money, and I think deep down we were like we should have bombed them some, and I think that's it because I don't remember being. I don't think we've ever been this mad at another enemy this long. I remember H.G. Listiak. This was pretty great, but this was Vietnam based or Korea based. Uh, he was an old radio guy when I first got into radio. Legend in this town. H.T. Listack. He's talked real fast. He's talking alliteration all the time. That's hotter than a freshly fox in a forest fire. I'm like, what? <laughs> he would throw the Fs, you know, all Fs, and he'd write them all down. He had a book of muse that you couldn't touch. And my Korean friend, Jim Wilson, was walking towards us once. And he goes, boy, I tell you what. They sure do look different when they're walking towards you when then they're running away. And I'm like... What are you saying? <laughs> he had no con. Like 
Jim Wilson walking towards him triggered like he needed a sidearm just in case this one was going to go sideways. He still don't, I still don't trust those those round faces. I don't trust you're a reverend. I can talk to you about these things. I'm like, I don't want you talking to me. That's my buddy Jim. He wanted to shoot Jim in the hallways of 840 North Central Phoenix, Arizona because he was Korean and it still made him feel stuff. Arizona's most funniest morning show. Yeah, exactly. Morning sickness. I'm listening because I want to. Morning somebody, a UPD. Holmberg's morning sickness. But I think he would still own a Hyundai if the price was right. Yeah. You know, that was years later. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I think we, I don't feel like we, we, I don't think as a nation we feel like we got our, our kick in on Saudi Arabia. But I think there's a lot of um, brats too. I mean, the people that are following the, the golf. Yeah. That, but. But I mean, nine eleven I mean, family. It's big news. That's why it's. I, I just like everything. I remember you guys talking about it yesterday, but again, since I don't follow golf, I'm like, what the hell are you guys bitching about? But yeah, yeah, right, following deal, golf you know. is like, ugh. you're passively following it. There's nobody excitedly following golf. Even yeah. the biggest golf fan in the world is not jumping up and down on the weekends. They just watch. Very rarely are you sitting there going, oh, my guy lost. Oh, my weekend's ruined. It's not a passionate follow. Unless someone's running, you know, like the, the Tiger Woods factor, can he, you know, winning all these majors at a time. And you had a couple of uh, you guys had, that made, a, you know, I mean, Kepka was the closest, but he just wasn't yeah. a. But there's only. But again, he was winning for the slam or something the, like that. The, the lie we tell ourselves is that that was about golf. That was all yeah. race. Tiger Woods was a race based run. But a, to me, a going, black after, dude going dominated, after Jack. Dominated the entire game and was about to take it from the, you know, the. The people who'd held it forever. And not only was about to take it, was devastating it along the way. And they were changing golf courses because we can't have this. They would have never done that for... They never did that with Jack Nicklaus. They didn't change golf courses because he was too good. And he was dominant, too. They were just like, look at him go. But that was a black and white issue. That was a complete change of of, of scenery. Oh, yeah. Golf. Created a, and, it created and, the buzz. And it was like... And he couldn't lose. So you were watching every week to root against something. And that's really... That's more fun than anything else. But Tiger Woods was a phenom. A new generation was like, this is bringing me to golf. And an old generation was like, oh, my God, my game's being ruined. So it created uh, emotion. But golf me, has no emotion. It seemed like that Tiger Woods was bigger than the sport at one Huge. point. Just like you know Michael yep. Jordan at one point. Even yep. if you didn't watch basketball, you knew who Michael Jordan yep. was. Yep. Same yep. with Tiger because yeah. I didn't watch golf, but yeah. I knew who Tiger Woods was. Because you know? he transcended what was yeah. going on. And he brought emotion to the game. Yeah. Like you had... Pure, true emotion. People rooting for Tiger Woods in ways that were like, I mean, look at the the Phoenix Open is nothing without him. Like that, the golf doesn't have that without him. Because prior to that, prior to Tiger being involved, young people weren't going to the Phoenix Open. It was a stodgy, miserable, boring event that had a couple little moments on 16 that were like, hooray, oh, we made some noise. Isn't that crazy? And now look at it. And that's because Tiger brought young people to golf who are now in their 50s. And, it's, and- it was a different animal. And it drove the 80-year-olds away. Because it was a black guy. It was their <laughs> worst nightmare. Everything they did in country clubs for, for every year prior just to keep him out of there. And then he just shows up and dominates their game. It's like, this is why we kept him out. We've seen all the other sports. Eventually, they're going to all look like him. Didn't work out that way. But still, that was about race. Tiger was all about race. Saudi Arabia, though? Eh. You can't be that mad. I mean, we all hate him deep down because we know. We know. Who bombed everything. We know what was going on. We know who funded it. But we also know, eh, we can't really do much about that or we're going to be paying $35 a gallon for gas and 
I don't want to do that either. So, but that's all I can say is just that. it was weird. I got I was watching the news yesterday. I'm like, people are up in arms about this. Like, this is just a golf merger. It's like anything they're worried about. Well, well what's going to happen now? Yeah, Hideki Matsui is like someone you care about. Suddenly, that's a guy you like. You, I can't believe he he stayed loyal to the PGA. I'm like, you didn't know, you didn't even know that guy. You probably say his name wrong. He stayed with the PGA and they screwed him. Like, no, you don't. We just don't. We wanted to see a little susplosions over there in Riyadh, and we never got our just desserts. I think that's deep down what really happened. I thought it would be a, a good thing at one point that certain uh, people uniting. <laughs> Here's two leagues that have been fighting and right. slamming each other, and yeah. all of a sudden, but they're uniting not, the wrong way. It's like yeah. the enemy one. It's it's, it's Darth, creating it. Darth Vader. Monopoly. Darth Vader just bought some stuff, yep. and people are like, ah, but he's been kind of a dick the whole time the dick sort of one yeah the dick sort of like one and also in the current state of things the dude with the most money won and the guy who called it trump people didn't want to admit that but i did i called it i knew it last year i see a crooked deal and i recognize it and i say so but trump never once screamed out this needs to stop these people are crooked which is what people hate about him he pointed out he goes oh I see what's going on. Side up with that guy. But that's the bad guy. They're going to win. They're going to win. They've got more. They, they've, got, they've figured out the game. The art of the deal. I want to almost read that now. Something about Donald Trump's art of the deal isn't about like well, the moral you know, way to do business. It seems like how to spot a scam. is. He's so good at it. And he's good at running them. But he owns it, though, too. He I mean, says so. Know. Like He's like, yeah, that's how the game works. He and says I'm going to play along. All the time. Yeah. I, like, and told Hillary Clinton that. He's like, you do it, too. And she shut the F up immediately. He's like, you're not going to change anything. You do the exact same thing I'm doing. So quiet down. I'm just telling people about it. And there was something we all loved about that. Because we all know the game's going on. We just don't know how it's played. And it seems like he's got that figured out. He knows the scam. So to the dude who doesn't like me because I'm too mean to Donald Trump, which I don't see... Uh, Sorry about that, but uh, your guy won this one, that's for sure. For sure. All you Jan Sixers, your guy, put your red hats on because you were right about this one. The man sees a scam and he knows which side to be on. That is a fact. Yeah, in all caps at the end of the letter. I wish John would just see the Trump doctrine for what it is. And I'm like, that guy's insane. I don't want to side with anybody that much. But he doesn't listen anymore, so he can't hear us talking about it. Maybe he does. You didn't ever call. Did you call him back yesterday? No, I have the. I you should call him them. today. You should call that should guy. Call him on the air. We should call him on the air. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Just wanted to give you guys some props. We saw through this live PGA deal. Trump sees everything. It's just the last conversation I want to get into with somebody that yeah. is willing to write a letter to say, if you don't see the Trump doctrine, I can't listen to you. Like, fairly close-minded on that one. Good day, sir. Good day, then, if you don't see my ways. I'm like, I understand that. Okay. Anyway, so if you're going to go golf, and I think you're going golfing today. I am in honor uh, of the merge. Maybe uh, <laughs> shout out <laughs> you Saudi Arabia once or twice just to you know let everybody know which side you're on. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me that people <laughs> wasted their time. The TV told you to be mad about it, and people were. And well, if PGA you- players are saying, thank you, Liv. Yeah, I wonder if my ex-wife, who was in the World Trade Centers, is angry at this merger. I don't think she'd care. And she's a 9-11, technically a 9-11 survivor, right? I mean, she survived. I, I am too, but she was yeah. a little closer. I was in Phoenix. I survived, and I'm doing great. 
She was right there in the trade centers. She survived it. Damn it. And then, God damn it, I had to buy half my house back. <laughs> I'm mad at Saudi Arabia for that, you too. Know what? You almost had me Bastards. free and cleared. You know how much sympathy Poon I'd have gotten? You'd have just gotten rid of her. Had I known the future, I'd have called her and said, don't be late for that meeting. <laughs> 82nd floor, you got to get up there. All right, you're right. I got to hurry. Yeah, yeah, be early. Early bird gets the worm, you know. <laughs> and he just sat back. Oh, no. Sympathy Poon in three, two, and one. <laughs> But no, it all worked out with emotion and money and divorce lawyers. Garbage. So I say it, scream it out loud. F*** you, Saudi Arabia. You came up one short. I wish the news would come interview me. How do you feel about the live PGA thing? I'm still mad at those goddamn Saudi Arabians, those mother Why? They couldn't get one more? Do you realize how much it cost me in 2005 to buy my own house back? F*** you, Saudi Arabia. Those guys angry at a lot of things. <laughs> well, that one gets me. I had to fly out to get her. And, and sit through all those therapy sessions and night terrors for crying out loud. For what? So I could cut her a check? It's still bull. Her shenanigans almost cost us our job. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> As part of the merger, the PGA controls holes 1 through 8 and 12 through 18. Uh, 9 through 11, controlled by Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. See, that's funny. And that is proof that we shouldn't be mad about it anymore because we're already making 9-11 jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm mad at 9-11 for a whole myriad of different reasons that we'll get into another time. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? 585-9800, a good one! And we'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet! Mesquite! Repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.